As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, no. Hello there. What's the matter with you? I'm, I'm a robot. And I'm really upset. Don't be upset, mate. One day robots will um, have the same rights as normal human beings, you know, and be able to use public toilets and everything. I'm not upset about being a robot. I'm I'm upset about robots not being represented in the film industry. Oh, right. You need to get in touch with Her Film Project. It's a global initiative to advance equality in film. Where do I do that? Just go to herfilmproject.com or follow them on Twitter, at Her Film Project. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, they are good. They actually sponsor Film Fandango, this film podcast that I'm about to do right now. See you later, you robot prick. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. Who is this? This is Merrick Larwood speaking. Um, regular partner host David Reed is on paternity leave. So I am filling in. This is the second week. We've probably really dropped half listeners. But don't worry, because I've got a special guest. Guess who it is? He's been on the show before. You probably know who it is already, because I've got a very limited circle of friends. (laughs) It's Simon Fielder. Yes! Finally, I have dethroned David Reed. Dethroned. Taken my rightful place in your armchair. This is going to turn your um, career around. I'm not saying it's in a bad position, but this sort of this sort well, of um, publicity. Regular listeners will know. Um, I th- I want to say it's my third appearance on the. I think podcast. it's more, mate. Could it? It could be even be number four. I, I I'm guessing it's three or four. And you know those last two have literally skyrocketed me. So you'll have seen me on you know most other podcasts, and then the second time telly stuff. This one, hopefully, is going to be my leg up into movies. What telly stuff have you been doing then? Um, I was in uh, I was in Curry's PC World on the on the one of the screens. Oh, when you can film yourself when yeah. when, it, when it testing out the cameras. Yeah. And you stand in front of the camera and you appear on the screen. Yeah, I was on that. 
Yeah. Did a bit like see? the scene in the Harry Met Sally when they were in there sort of testing microphones in there. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is a bit like that. It's, like it's going pretty well for me, all told. Next step, hopefully, I'll be in when Harry Met Sally. So you're in the new when when Simon met. It'll probably be in this modern, modern day and age. Someone. So it'd be a gay, wouldn't it? It'd be gay or LGBT or. or sort I of, suppose to make it marketable, yeah. Or, just, or disabled or an animal. I mean, yeah. Where do you draw the line? When Simon met Rover, a dog had been hit by a car. Yeah. In curries. As you've already made it about dog fucking. But hang on a minute, you dropped the F bomb, which means now I've got to put explicit on it. Well, you can bleep it. It could have been a rom. Is it going to be a romance between the dog man oh, and the dog? Like Turner and Hooch. There's a lot sorry. of kissing in that. There's a lot of fucking in Turner and Hooch. Come it? on, mate. <laughs> Not got the DVD. Don't say the F bomb. You didn't say don't swear at the beginning. I'm trying, I'm trying to make this. I'm trying to expand our audience sorry, to, to sorry. Um, teenagers. <laughs> They love swearing. Um, so we went to the cinema. Uh, the new format of the show, uh, as last week's distance will know, is well, I go to the cinema with a friend, we watch a film, we come back to a, a house, record what we think of it, and also we get to the, there's a questions round, and we ask the, the uh, guests about themselves and a trivia bit. All right, okay, here we go. We went to cinema. First of all, we had a bit of disagreement, didn't we, Simon? Yeah, I mean, this is one thing that I suppose has not come up before on the podcast because ordinarily we or we see the film separately and then we just convene to talk about it. This yeah. time, we we had to go to the cinema together to the Crouch and Pitch. Well, I think I feel I really like going to cinema alone. Yeah, and now David's I won't say the F one bomb. He's messed me in the arse. He's straddled you with taking idiots to and, the cinema. And now I've got to go and spend it cinema with other people. You, I knew you got to pay for them. Thank you for that, by the way. Oh, nice. My pleasure. And you shared your popcorn, which is really good. I always eat that. Bag of sweet and salted. I said to you, try and do the whole thing before the film starts. I'll we tell you what's mad, it. is that I remember a time when salted popcorn repulsed me. And now, I think it's alright. And now they just mix it together, like never the twain. And the twain is in a bag. They can get a bag of twain. Well, I think they've perfected the salting of popcorn. Okay. Because I remember having salted popcorn. It was definitely was a lot of salt. Like fish and chips salt, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Now it's the the one I, I had. It was quite posh brand. It's a taste sensation. I don't mind saying it on a live podcast. Is this live? Well, no, because it's just a separate recorder. It's not going out to. Oh, okay. So you'd have, my... have to be plugged into the internet somehow. I don't understand technology. So yeah, the first um, hurdle that we came across was um, Marek likes to sit in the very back row. Now, I am not a person who likes to sit too close in the cinema, but I do like to sit sort of right in the middle. I would say I'd like. 80% of my field of vision to be taken up by the screen. Oh, really? And I'd like and I like to be in the middle, surround sound, you know. And also, it's a big, bombastic film. I think you want to you want to see it big. Whereas we were sat right at the back, and it did it did feel a little bit like watching it on a big TV. Now, the reason being, I can't explain myself, is I think if I was guaranteed the cinema was going to be empty, then I would sit in the middle. I'm willing to sacrifice the sensation of not sitting in the middle for it, in order to not be sitting near someone or have that awful thing of someone sitting behind you or in front of you. Behind is worse because in the you, can, you can't even, you can just hear them mm. sort of talking into your ears. I do, like I do understand that and I know that can be tricky sometimes. And also I was, I tried to be the bigger person. I was like, he's, Paid for the tickets and been very nice, so it's you know it's your prerogative, and I swallowed my 
Well, you did. You did. We, you, we sort of loitered in the middle, and you suggested two rows back. You weren't com- even a compromise. willing to meet me halfway, though. Then you suggested two rows back after that, and I just walked straight to the back. You were having none of it. Yeah. And there were some talking kids, slightly yeah. annoying talking kids. Anyway, what film did we go and see? <laughs> anyway, that's the podcast. Thanks for... We went to see the um, third film in the Thor franchise and the 400th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Thor Ragnarok. Now, I must say, uh, listeners were think, saying, why is he going to watch superhero films? You promised not to see superhero films. This is the one exception on the ground... That is directed by Taika Waititi, who directed Hunt for the Wilder People, which was probably my favourite film. And what we do in the shadows last year, right? and I, I quite like what we do in the shadows. Okay, and I think he's brilliant. So I thought, do you know what? As an exception, yeah, I will go and see this film. Anyway, so you have a no um, superhero rule on the podcast? Is that a thing? Well, we have been no, we've been seen before. I just hate you. Just them. Don't like them. I, I think they're okay. total shit. But I thought, is this going to be an exception to the rule? Uh, can you explain? What, what the film is about oh sorry. that's going to be tough isn't it um, this is what I was thinking at the beginning when it started because I when we agreed to do this I was like oh, I've seen the first Thor I thought it was fine and I was like oh, I haven't seen the second one I can't believe you watched it I watched Thor The Dark World this week just to because I thought oh what if I don't know what's going on and then foolishly I, I forgot that there's been like nine other Marvel films in between these that have kind of tied all kinds of things together like Civil War was like a you know they were all in that and the the other the second Avengers I couldn't even tell you what happened in that even though I have seen it yeah um and because I, I think that's why why the Hulk was in this one because I, I have to say I think this is bullshit I think the whole world of films you should be able to go and see a film and not have to see and this I didn't know what's happening in the previous one yeah and yet there were I thought there were probably quite a lot of references to the Justice League and to the, not Justice League, whatever, whatever it is, Avengers, whatever one. bullshit it is, there are quite a lot of references. You should be going to see a film on its own in in the eighties. I sound like an old man. I am an old man. You go and watch a film, and it will stand on its own two feet. Like mm. Gremlins, you know, it reminded me a bit of Flash Gordon. Yeah, you just go and see it without any of these references, and it really pisses me off. But with that in mind, what? My, one of my first thoughts about it was that it does sort of stand alone. It They've got to the point with Marvel now where they're like, oh, it's just another caper involving this guy. Like, yes, it does vaguely probably tie into whatever they're planning for all the other stuff and like, or like Civil War or whatever the next time they all meet up. But ostensibly, it that's sort of had good, no... That's a good word. The Dark World, I found just to- like tolerable at best. I found it quite dull. And so I was not really looking forward to seeing this one. But Ostensibly. Ostensibly. <laughs> um, but really, all it is, is... Really all or ostensibly? Ostensibly. This is going to be a record for it, saying ostensibly. That's already five ostensibly. Well, you've added a couple. Yeah. In the main, I would say... <laughs> Well, what they do is it's just they just go, do you like Thor? Yeah. Well, here's, here's his next adventure. He's, he's off on an adventure that is completely unrelated to everything else that's happened before. Well, you know what's going to happen. Basically, it's the same model. Uh-oh, the world's going to be destroyed. Yeah. Oh, Thor's going to save it. This time, he's going to be a little bit more friendly with Tom Hiddleston as Loki. 
who oh they've got a sister who's even badder than Loki is that's Kate Blanchett yeah oh, hello Mark Ruffalo's in it and a host of other characters um, <laughs> that you uh, Doctor Strange Doctor Strange it. popped up and I haven't seen Doctor Strange no, I haven't seen either. most of the Marvel movies so that was quite interesting because I was like oh I don't really oh it's Sherlock with an American accent he was, his accent was quite good yeah Whereas the accent from, uh, what's his name, the other guy who played the bull guy, Carl Urban, who played Scourge. Oh, yeah. He did a Cockney accent. It was a bit Cockney, wasn't it? It was a little bit Dick Van Dyke. a bit Jason Statham, yeah. Yeah, so it was just trying to do that Cockney voice, but yeah. not really be able to, that's better than his one. So basically everything that had happened before didn't really aside from how the Hulk got there which I didn't really which I, I think was the end of Age of Ultron he went off on a spaceship or something I can't remember where did this are we meant to know about the sister I mean I'm, I don't think these are spoilers because she's in the trailer no I think it's I mean so it's like oh by the way you I mean print, there's the whole comic book legacy so maybe all this stuff is it's the like plot oh, it's is bollocks. The, comic the, books. The yeah, plot, yeah, yeah, the plot is total bollocks it, it, you could just literally make up something. Uh, it's so fantastical. You yeah. could say, "All oh, right, oh, guess what? A giant pig's coming in, and we've got to swim inside a giant pig and come out of its pig. out of its mouth, mm. and then a, a magic wizard's going to come in and show us his um, the back of his ass, mm. and then we're going to then we're going to go into an arcade machine. It's as if a six-year-old would write down a whole host of ideas that are totally unrelated and anything can happen so you lose any um, you, sense you, of jeopardy yeah no sense of jeopardy I hate that word at all but so that's why I hate superior films and that's what I hate about this film what is good about this film is it feels a bit the Flash Gordon and it's mm-hmm. quite colourful and bright camp yeah really camp it's definitely more of a comic caper it felt to me like The Office yeah. meets uh, Flash Gordon yeah. meets traditional superheroes. Yeah, it's so. more Guardians of the Galaxy than yeah. Thor. But I don't really like that sort of. It's quite amusing. Yeah. Luckily, Chris Hemsworth is funny. Yeah, I think he's really good. And Mark Ruffalo is always brilliant. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum is Goldblum's is solid. Great. Uh, there's some great cameos from. Yeah. Um, oh, Clancy Brown was in it. I didn't even know Clancy Brown was in it. I don't uh, know who that is. Uh, he uses some of the actors he used, used before in the New Zealand film. So oh, yeah, Sam Neill was in it. Sam Neill was in it. The lady from Will the People. She yes, was in it. She, uh, Rachel House, her name was. She was yeah. in it. And he is probably the funniest person in it. He's Taika Waititi. He was very funny. He plays the stone guy. Playing like a quintessential, really dry Kiwi. We thought it was Reese Darby for we a did, bit. Yeah. I assumed Darby was going to pop up at some point, but it didn't see him. Thank God Stan Lee appeared. Spoilers. Yes, Stan Lee was there. Of course he did. So, all the cameos, all the acting was great. It was funny as well, to be fair. It did have a really nice sense of humour. And when you kind of think, it's weird, why do they get someone like that to direct these tentpole movies? And you kind of go, well, I suppose the movie itself is a thing, but then he just sprinkles his little dry sense of humour and his vision and like... You wonder how, when, before he was attached, was the script like, it's got a real 80s retro vibe. Yeah, even the music's sort of 80s arcade, yeah. isn't it? The colours are 80s, it's quite bright. Did it have all those sort of like li- awkward little exchanges, funny little sort of flourishy dialogue bits that were very 
his wheelhouse. Yeah, it's a cross between him and Garden as a galaxy, whereas Garden yeah. Galaxy was almost too knowing. It's a bit knowing, yeah, whereas this was quite quite measured in for the most part. Well, I mean... I enjoyed it, and, I, and having come off the back of the Dark World, which I just was like, oh, it's just galaxies and space, and who are these baddies, and I'm not really interested. From the off, this was, like, more interesting. I didn't ever really... I was never engaged. I never... You you look at the sets, the set's incredible, the CGI is incredible, and yet I do not feel any tension or at all, and the fight scenes have now become so ridiculous. Yeah, that that is definitely a problem. But sometimes they get injured by a spear, but seconds before they've just been hit by a spaceship, so how come that... Alright, so that little spear's giving you a splinter, yeah, you've been hit by a giant 20 ton spaceship, and you've just jumped off that, that's fine. Yeah. The Hulk just punched you in the head like 20 times in a row. How come that knife goes in you? Yeah. Yeah. Why is... It... I, don't, I mean... Doesn't make sense who knows. at all. You're right. There is a there is a lack of... It's that sort of... Uh, I thought the action scenes were sort, of, were sort of enjoyable, but it is those... They're just... And it sounds ridiculous, but they are just like a, a comic book, aren't they? It's like, a, it's like watching you a cartoon. You enjoy the comic book more because you enjoy the drawings. Yeah. All, I was watching it thinking... And this is shitloads of work. Some poor tech geek's been sitting in his really smelly room, yeah. eating Pringles, all covered, not being able to shower for about eight weeks just to produce this five-second sequence that you just watch and go, hmm. oh, right, I just have not really bothered by that. It's like when The Matrix came out, and you were like, holy shit, sorry, that's a PG one, that should be fine. This yeah. is amazing, and if and if people hadn't, spent their teenage years watching loads of like Hong Kong action movies they were like this is oh my god or Crouching Tiger and Dragon yeah. yeah but then when The Matrix um, Reloaded came out that first fight scene where he fights like 50 Mr. Smiths Agent Smiths yeah and you're a bit like oh now it's like a cartoon yeah this this is like not enjoyable because before it was two really well put people doing a really well choreographed and shot fight scene and now it's just like, oh, they've just made it in a computer. And the, and all the fights in all of these movies, by, I guess they have to be, but they lack that very physical thing, don't they? It's like what, why everyone got so excited about like John Wick, because it brought back that kind of 90s visceral, physical stunt work. Yeah, I was thinking of things like The Predator mm-hmm. and Terminator. You generally felt, well, even... T- that was great, the special effects in that. And you didn't... Can we bring it back so it's realistic? So someone gets punched in the face, they're genuinely in trouble for most of the day. <laughs> Even a dead like, leg. Like Arnie. Like Arnie would be. Yeah. It's um, it's uh, tough, isn't it? Because it is a, it's a superhero movie, so it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, but I, it's very difficult for, for, for them not to, like basically all of the DC movies devolve into the final half an hour as just people throwing each other through buildings or, or yeah. whatever, you know. But it was, it was, it was just, it was just too much. It was two hours and ten minutes, so it was definitely half an hour too long. It did feel long, but I will say, it, I, I did really enjoy it. It was an enjoyable romp. Um, so and it's I'm one of my favourite um, Marvels of recent. Because I think, much like Iron Man 3, it very much had the stamp of the director on it. And I think the relationships are good. I think Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hilton, even though he's supposed to be a knob, yeah. have got a good relationship in it. Uh, Tessa Thompson was all right as a Valkyrie. It was just good. The cast was really good. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum was great. Goldblum yeah. was just absolutely textbook Goldblum. Loved it. How many Simons? 
Oh, okay, interesting. Um, I, I'd probably give it three and a half. It's out of ten. Oh, I'd probably give it three and a half. Um, out of ten, out of ten a, a seven. Let's say a seven. I think that's, yeah, fair. I think I'll give it five or six barracks. Bearing in mind, I hate superhero films. So that's actually quite good. I, uh, I didn't really especially enjoy it, but I could tell that it, it was good in... It's uh, It felt like, to me, just go and watch Kung Fury, which is a brilliant thing on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Some guy made himself... Mad, isn't it? Which is genuinely funny. And is this is almost a watered-down version of Kung Fury. Yeah, And Kung chance, Fury yeah. is half an hour long. <laughs> and it feels that's the perfect amount of time to be introduced new ideas. And they're ridiculous. It's sort of pushing things. It's making a joke of the fighting being ridiculous. Kung Fury is better and funnier than Thor Ragnarok and you can watch it for free and I think it's on Netflix and it was by some bloke who made it himself. So there we go. Fair play. The music sounds a bit like the Stranger Things music, I will say that. In Kung Fury? In um, Thor Ragnarok. Everything sounds like that. It's very synthy, isn't it? Or drive-like. Everything sounds like Stranger Things these days. Mm. I'll tell you what is strange though. Great Link. This Okay, so here is a letter from a long-time listener, Fran Jolly, subject changes. Hi gang, may I first congratulate Dane and Danielle with creating a new member of the film Fandango team. It would be strange not to hear David read out the letters in his different voices and without the interrupting dog pricks from next door. But I've already survived the previous change to the podcast format. (laughs) And welcome, Merrick's new show that will probably include... Simon Fielder. Yes! Looking forward to seeing David and family in future articles and baby and dog screenings. Keep watching the films, Fran. That's very nice, Fran. Uh, I hope you're still... People have been paying attention. I mean, this is literally about the the five people who still listen. And guess what? We've got uh, another email, and here's one from um, Christopher Dodd. Uh, Would you like to read this one, Simon? I'd love to, yeah. Do I have to do it in my normal voice or do what does David do? No, we do it in normal voice now because I think people realised we realised after about a year that most people hated the voice. Offensive, yeah, okay. Um, subject trauma in the cinema. Okay. Hi guys. On the subject of people annoyed by you in the cinema, I think I'm suffering from trauma as I can remember people have annoyed me going back years. For instance, here's some examples. <laughs> One, Rocky Four. Some teenagers being sick. Two, gravity. Some teenagers using their phone to the right of me. I like the, <laughs> I like the detail in that. Three, three, dragged to hell. I think that's the Sam Raimi horror. I think it's called dragged me to hell, but that's not the issue. Some teenagers chatting behind me. Four, Halloween H2O. Some teenagers chatting behind me. So much, I moved positions in the cinema. Can you see a pattern developing? And these are all performances during the day when it's quiet. Wow. I remember them and I think I need counselling. Can you guys help? I think what you have got, Christopher, is a healthy attitude. Yeah. I remember when I went to... With a girlfriend I went to the cinema. I can't remember what the film was. Uh, about 15 years ago, it must have been, when I first moved to London. Yeah. More, longer than that. So 17 years ago. 
and it was pretty empty cinema and a guy came in with his date and sat next to me. I was sitting, I was sitting on the edge next to uh, my girlfriend and her mum, so I couldn't move. And he sat next to me and, it was, and he put his arms around the backs of both seats and he smelt BO and I couldn't do anything to move because it was quite awkward. It was awful. Welcome to London. And then I went to see another film that was the Odeon, but now the Everyman, Muscle Hill, some kids were talking. And I put the torch phone on the balcony, but further back, and they're about sort of 13, 14. I put the torch phone on my <laughs> light, shined in their faces, and said, shut the fuck up. Wow. And totally worked. That's impressive. But it, I think it is quite scary if it's a, some weird bull bloke. It is a bit, Just yeah. putting a torch in your face. Oh, yeah, I'd be really intim- Really intimidating. I went Hopefully to... it ruined their reviewing <laughs> of the film. You would hope so. Yeah. You remember them, though, don't you? I, the last one that I remember, and it wasn't clearly that long ago, I went to see Get Out, which would have been... Yes. Earlier this year, um, at the Odeon on Tottenham Court Road in central London. Again, during the day, a very quiet screening... A guy and a girl just wittering on throughout and like in the row in front of me and I went, I leant in and went, can you stop talking please? And did they stop talking? They did, they did stop talking. It's unbelievable. But it made me, I was on edge for a bit because I was like, I'm not trying to start trouble but like you're in the wrong. It's unbelievable that people think it's, there were some kids talking in the film today. Yeah, they weren't too bad. No, it's quite wittering. Just and they were, but you just think, am I? I'm literally really intolerant. It does sound like two old men complaining, doesn't it? But I mean, to the point where they do before every single film you see, no matter what cinema chain, there's one of those like. People don't like it when you talk. Turn your phones off. Enjoy the film. They almost need to start the film. Snipers. Well, this is what I would do. I would have a bit of the film, like a short film show beforehand. A fake, just to start... Like a it. test. A test, yeah. yeah. So it starts coming up and the film starts. And then, was t- and then have someone there, a placement talking. So a, a what's it called? A, um, like a, a, when you put a stooge. Stooge yeah. in the audience. This is Marrick Cinema. You start the film, you do a fake start for the first minute, just the background stuff. Yeah. And then some guy talking, blah, 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 blah. And then I'd have someone come in with a torch... Take him to the front of the, <laughs> the stage on his knees and ex- like a fake execution. Yeah, it's just shot through the head. A shot through the head. Yeah. And you have it, because it's dark, you just need a bit of blood popping through. Yeah, yeah, easily and done. And then dragged off by the curtain. <laughs> and then they go, sorry about that, and we're now going to start We're going to start the film again. <laughs> See what happens. Everyone goes, oh, thank goodness. Would it impact? Yeah, thank goodness. He's good. We can really, now we can enjoy... The art film Thor Ragnarok in peace. And if someone's still talking after they've seen an execu- a live execution... Yeah, that's, that actually would be the least of your worries. If they're, I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't approach them then. But they're clearly a sociopath. Imagine still talking after If they're that. still talking, I think they have to be removed and hospitalised. Yeah. But I mean, good... to be fair, I think a lot of people would have to be hospitalised anyway, for probably for like stress or PTSD, maybe, after witnessing an execution. But then they were still like... Well, we have paid for the tickets, and it's not Orange Wednesday, so well, it would it would be fifty fifteen. It would be fifteen's up, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't do that at twelve A. All all the executions are appropriate to this film. Yes, perfect. So twelve A would be a slapping. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a fifteen. You could get away with shooting someone in the head, could you? Um, yeah, I think you can. Yeah, you might. Yeah, in a it twelve, you probably wouldn't see the blood though. 
You couldn't do it in a 12. You just have a punch in, in the face. In a 15, then, the the guy goes, oh, for fuck, and then they shoot him. Yeah. In but a what, U, they just, um, like, they he can't find his ba- favourite Just like banking over a chair. All that, yeah. Well, this is it. This is a sort of insight she wouldn't get if when the David was on the podcast. No, thank goodness. Good, good riddance. No jokes. Very, very, very. Congratulations. I think is the phrase, isn't it? Yes. What happened? Um, Danielle used to do this podcast, right? Yeah. What happened when she went? Was there a sort of changing of the guard? No, I came in. I think I guested a few, and I came in about episode sixty-two. So you took over from Danielle. And then, no, it was, was the three of us. Oh, nice. And then she just couldn't be bothered, I don't think. I mean, obviously, I've listened to every single episode. I was just double-checking, no, corroborating you, you the story. you definitely haven't. So. I haven't. No. Why do you want to listen to myself? Now I've got to. I've got to sit back in and this, haven't I? Well, just, you know, that gives you a little insight into my world, doesn't it? What do you mean? Like, listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have another letter. Uh, this is from Elizabeth Ayres, The Death of Starling and the Party. Dear David, Marek, Buddy and Dick Dog... I mean, two of those have gone, unless you're Dick Dog. I don't want to be Dick Dog, if that's possible, please, listeners. Well, I think Dick Dog's <laughs> quite a good name. <laughs> I don't want that to be my nickname. I'm happy to come back and do the podcast whenever, but Simon I don't want to be called Dick, Dick Dog. Dog Fielder. <sighs> anyway, let's see what Elizabeth has got to say, Dick Dog. <laughs> Welcome to Film Fandango with Buddy and Dick Dog. We've the podcast taken a bit of a pivot. Here we go. I went to see two films this weekend. I'm not showing off. Life's not cheaper in Nottingham. I saw the party on Saturday. It was a, it was beautiful. It was only an hour long. It's only an hour long. What? So I get away with having a glass of wine first and not spend the last twenty minutes of the film trying to pretend that I didn't need a wee. Very good point. Hang on a minute. All right, right let's put a pin in that and come back to it. Yeah, but I didn't feel shortchanged. There we go. Everybody except Timothy Spall has had enjoyably unpleasant aspects to their personalities. Some lovely gentle misdirection. There was even a smattering of applause at the end. Difficult to say anymore without spoilers. Then on Sunday, I saw The Death of Stalin reviewed last week. I laughed so much, my head flipped back like either a Pez dispenser or the Rich advert from the 80s. Good references. <laughs> Lovely reference, actually. Depending on which simile you prefer. Uh, Reach advert. Reach advert every time. It was very darkly funny, as expected. The reality of life under Stalin was stark, and I hadn't really imagined what that, what that would be like and, and was horrified. So the few moments of slapstick were... were we're sorry, were where the big surprise last were, like a pressure valve releasing. The opening scene has Paddy Constantine in it, also Justin Edwards, okay. uh, which gave me the immediate feeling that I was in the hands of a very capable and well-chosen cast. Um, Simon Russell Beale is incredible as a corporate conniving, probably psychopathic chief of the Soviet security and overseer of every horror Stalin ordered. And Rupert Friend is at the centre of the most uh, of... Most of the best fight scene I've ever seen. Overall, it was so good that I only noticed my knees hurting from sitting in the same position twice. I'm going to have a bit of a think about Russia now. Both are solid nine Elizabeths. If it doesn't reach you before David leaves, enjoy fatherhood. I will miss your variable accent. Keep watching the films, only more quietly and on less sleep. Love, Liz. I'm it does have a variable accent, doesn't it? Is it because it goes slightly Yorkshire sometimes? It starts off Yorkshire and then it goes off... Sort of RP. I think Liz is a fan of... Um, of David. She's a trained actor, isn't he? So he sort of talks like that yeah. and accidentally goes like that. I've thought more, but I haven't seen the party yet because we I thought about going to see that, but I thought it'd be a bit too much like Death of Stalin as in two. Yeah. You don't want to be that hard. We don't want to start being some highbrow podcast. God, no. I, d- I think there's very little danger of that. To be fair, I wasn't keen on seeing Thor Ragnarok and I suggested us go and see Happy Death Day, so that would have been quite the opposite. Of yeah, the I felt we should go and try and go and see two mainstream yeah. words. I'm but glad we did. Can I just come back to the party? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Um, I'm happy to be proven wrong on this. 
if it is actually an hour long. But doesn't it have to be over 80 minutes to qualify as a feature film? Well, I thought so. But I watched um, My Life as a Courgette, which is the animation, mm-hmm. last year, which was only 60 minutes. Oh. And I really... I thought, you know what? I'm, I don't feel short... I thought I the prices could be a little bit cheaper... So I did feel a little bit short-changed. <laughs> you did feel literally short-changed. The time for, pu- for the party is one hour and 11 minutes. Goodness me. 71 minutes. Wow. I think it's 70 minutes of a feature, I think. Is it? I'm not sure. Someone write in and tell us, please. Okay, thanks. Bye. And I thought more about Death of Stalin. That's the thing, we watch, we're talking about podcasts, talking about films straight away, straight away after seeing them. Don't get to percolate on them too much. And I saw Death of Stalin, and I, the more I think about it, I think the better I think it was. In terms of just retelling a historical story in a completely different context. Right. So it is like fact, very factually accurate and representative. I, I looked at it, basically you go and watch it, and you think, oh, was that accurate? Yeah. And then you just, I say... Everyone else says you just go on Wikipedia, look up all the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'd like to watch it because I know nothing about that time. It probably would be an education, and you know, like I know very little about it. I read, just read a couple of book books and vaguely knew. But Simon Russell Beale, who's more, he's literally was a National Theatre sort of Shakespearean actor who had done that much. I don't, I don't know if he's done that much film. He was brilliant in it. I think okay. really brilliant. I would like to see it. Yes, I definitely think it's worth a watch, and you can. Uh, and Lizzie, who I reviewed it with, said you could see it in the cinema, but I think it's you could quite easily. Watch I think that I will probably wait to see it in this, especially um, I will skip seeing it with you because it would be the equivalent of watching it on a large TV screen anyway, because I'd have to sit in the uh, nosebleeds. All right, Simon. Oh, no, just a little little jokes callback there. Well, that's the letter section. It's time for uh, uh, another section. We're going to find out about the guests, what things they like, and other bits. We asked them questions about films. Here are the questions coming up. Um, okay, Simon. I'm sure that our listeners want to hear as, or learn as much about you as possible. Good Lord. So, the question I'm asking everyone is, first of all, we talked about something here. What is your IMDb number? For listeners who don't know, IMDb number, you find out what it is by going to the IMDb website... And the top 250 films, which is at the bottom in small print somewhere. And then you go through those films. Starting at number one. Starting at number one, which is The Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. And, and you, until you reach the film you haven't seen, that's your IMDb number. And you said you hadn't looked at this before, but we soon came to the conclusion that it was... Mine is just definitely going to be uh, top two. five. It's two. two. It's two. It, the, the Godfather you haven't seen. I- I haven't seen The Godfather. I've done this I've done this game twice now and neither you or Lizzie Roper have seen The Godfather oh. or The Godfather 2. That's a real pickle, isn't it? Because I, 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 I have seen Shawshank. You, Most people have. You haven't seen Shawshank. I have seen Shawshank, yeah. Everyone's seen Shawshank. Yeah, more clearly than have seen The Godfather but then it's his number one. Well, I'm really it? surprised someone who loves films hasn't seen it. I know. And I, I do feel like I've let the listeners down a little bit with that. Have you got any other big gaps? Look, actually, yes, and I bet in the top ten of the IMDb, um, we could. I, I, if we discount the Godfathers, I reckon I'd still, I'll still trip up in the top ten. Um, I haven't seen Rocky. That's not in the top ten. Okay. Um, anyway, I'll quickly read through it for you. Okay, let's see. Um, how... Shawshank Redemption one, Godfather, Godfather two, The Dark Knight. Have seen Twelve Angry Men. No, that's number five. Ugh. Overrated, I think. Uh, Shin- but very good. Schindler's List? Yes. Pulp Fiction? Yes. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King? Yes. Good, Bad, the Ugly? 
Yes. Fight Club. Yes. Another Lord of the Rings. Yes. Forrest Gump. Yes. Yeah, you're going to see all the others. I mean, okay. the only one... You've seen Goodfellas, haven't you? Yes. Uh, have you seen Seven Samurai in 1954? Actually, I have not. That's very good. Yeah. So there's a few hurdles in there. And like we were saying, it's just very difficult to... F- when you when you like got an evening off, just like, bang the Godfather on. Very difficult. You to, need, I, I would. You're much better at watching old slash classic films, whereas I feel like I always, I'll go to Netflix or I'll go and I'll see things that are, that are recent that I haven't seen. It's a strange thing. It's a, a, a block which stops you from watching them. Mm. And my gaps are Chaplin ones. But then every single old film, I thought, oh, I, I should really watch this. So I'm doing a film podcast. And if you love film, and I and I watch them, I think, thank God, I watched that. Right, it's brilliant. Yeah. So what is so... the running time of The Godfather? It is. Is it, is it like over three hours? Well, the Godfather. It starts off with a big wedding scene. Well, don't spoil it for me. No, it's not. It's two hours and fifty-five <laughs> minutes. Okay. And I remember watching this, thinking this is boring. Uh, the first twenty minutes, I thought I felt it was really boring. Oh. And then it's gets better and better I would have some friends over and have a spaghetti night cook a massive really I'm going to really stop you nice have some meat, meatballs yeah. corn you corn meatballs are very good yeah. make a nice spaghetti glass of red wine yeah. sit down and, and watch your godfather okay when I'll watch it with you do you want to come round and eat some spaghetti with me we can do godfather and godfather too that's a sleepover it is two hours and 55 minutes. How long to go for the two, though? That, that Even longer, with toilet it? breaks, we're looking at about oh, three four hours. Four hours, yeah. It's basically... Godfather 2, three hours and 22 forget minutes. Forget it. Forget that's insane. I think you're I seeing two... What? The, two of the best three films of all time. Anyway, that's enough spent on IMDb. <coughs> Talking about films. Sorry to let you down. That's all right. No, you just let yourself down. Sure. Um... Top five films, or just five films okay. that you... It doesn't have to be top five. Five films you think, I really like these films, that the listeners might... It might spark off some urge in them to watch. Yeah, okay. This Top five is tough, isn't it? So I think five... I think there's, there's so many classic ones yeah. there that you feel you have to say the classic ones, which you just go... Because, for example, Shawshank Redemption would be in my top, top ten, so I think it's brilliant. Right. But you're not really saying anything from it. You're going, oh, right... I admit that's good. You're just agreeing that it is a good film. Yeah, you could just go, uh, IMDb, the top ten ones I've seen, they're probably the best, aren't they? Um, I do find this very hard because I feel like your tastes always evolve, but things get baked in very early. Yeah. So things that I think are probably my favourite movies, like people go, oh, Pop Fiction's one of my favourite movies. It's like, well... It's because you saw it when you were 18 and it seemed like the best thing in the world. I've rewatched it recently. It's still very enjoyable. It still stands up, I think. It's still very good. Um, What would I put in mine? Uh, Point Break. That's a film I really like and I've watched a lot and I feel like stands up still. Great film. Um, Kicking and Screaming that we've we've done on one of these podcasts before. That's one of my faves. Again, arguably because I watched it when I was 18 and it just spoke to me. Same with Swingers. Mm Mm-hmm. Very much of that era, uh, John Woo's The Killer. I don't think I've seen that. I mean, it's great. I've seen quite a lot of his hard boiled and all the yeah, other. Yeah, it's before hard boiled. It's very good. How many? That's what's that for? God, yeah. What else? This is really hard, actually. It's your favourites become one sort of link with nostalgia. For that's example, it. Yeah. Warship Down and Flight of Dragons. Wow. Are both films I saw when I was kids, but I think they're still. I love Warship Down. Okay. 
they'd be there. They have to be in, in, in the end because it is, I think, out of top ten marks, the top first sevens merit and the last three. That nine, nine or tenths are always subjective, aren't they? Mm. So my number five is, it, it, it could be, what could it be? Let's just say Care Bears a movie. Yeah! And move on. All right, um, and here's the last question. What actor or actress would you like to watch a film with and they're in the film? Oh, crikey. Do we talk or we just sit Yes, yeah, so you each can other? talk to them. It's almost like having... Um, I talked to my friend Paul Allen about this, about saying there's no longer any of the DVD commentary now. Yeah. Because of the DVD... The DVD format's gone. DVD commentaries, which is quite good. Do they still really put like on Blu-ray? I don't know. But you do, they're sort of lost now. You just buy the film, you don't buy the commentary. So you I can have them talking through it. Um, just a quick question. Um... If we start talking, is one of us summarily executed? Oh, it, as in the fit? No, because it's a screening room and it's just you two in the room. Perfect. Um, and is it like a date situation? Well, you're not like, it's, it's no, it's not a thing where you oh, you want you think you're going to get off with them. So end. if I'm like, obviously the Hunger Games. That's well, because of Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. So I'm just like. Yeah, well, just come round to my special screening room. Or what? Actually, this is—it's a, a really bad time to have this conversation. This is a bit, it's a bit wide. It's a bit seedy, yeah. But um, she is going. The fact that she's going out with Darren Aronofsky makes you think there might just be a chance that you would fall in love with me. Well, he date, but or more a chance that he—he he just dates everyone that he directs, doesn't he? He must have an absolutely winning way on set because he was married to Rachel Vice for a while, wasn't he? And they—she's in. The Fountain or something? I can't remember. Anyway. It must have, it must have um, been good crisps on set or something. Yeah, maybe the catering is really good. Maybe he's got like trifle. Um, who, so the question is, who would I like to watch a movie with? And we chat about the movie and yeah. they're in the movie. Yeah. Maybe like um, Bill Murray. Oh, that would be good. Like watch Lost in Translation with Bill Murray. Groundhog Day. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Any of the Bill Murray classics. Um, you want a good. You want someone who's good at telling stories. I'm oh watching God, a yeah. old, an old. I think Kirk Douglas was interviewed on Parkinson. He was brilliant. I bet watching Spartacus with Kirk Douglas would be great. He's one of those sort of old school raconteurs. Yeah, you know? they're all dead now. That's the problem, isn't it? Even I mean, even Bill Murray's getting on, isn't he? God, you know, I rue the day that we lose old BM. Um, I think he would be a good one. Yeah. Or equally, someone like Jackie Chan, I think, would be. I'd love to have a chat with him about uh, some of his classics. Lizzie said Christopher Walken, that's a good one. Yeah, because I bet he's got stories for days. Yeah. Even like Matthew McConaughey. We're, these are just people who it would probably be great to have a drink with and have a chat. Yeah, it's a bit rubbish. I might think of a better question. No, I like it though. Here's not my question. I nicked it off someone. Is it? <coughs> ah. in. Anyway, thanks for that, Simon. We certainly know a lot about you now, if not too much. Film quits. Trivia questions. Facts. Other things. Interesting. Yes. Now, the winning score currently on this is zero out of five. <laughs> That's the winning score. You have zero to beat. For the first one is actors' um, real names. Oh, boy. I'm going to give you the real name and you are going to tell me who the actor is. Okay. The real name is Ramon Antonio Gerard Estevez. 
There's a clue in there. Um, is it Charlie Sheen? And how did you get to that? Because he is Emilio Estevez's brother. You, Simon, are very, very close. It's Martin Sheen. Oh! It's the father, Martin Sheen. Oh, so close. That was great detective work. It was good detective work. I very felt like good. Kenneth Branagh as a Hercule Poirot. Okay. It was much easier than last week's one. I thought I was going to go straight into the lead. Last week it was Karen Johnson. Do you know who that is? No, I don't. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, wow! Yeah. Uh, this is a great new section. Good section, this. I think you've got slightly easier questions than this. Anyway, uh, keeping with the Martin Sheen theme. Oh dear. Who got fired after three days and replaced by Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now? There's a great documentary uh, on Half Darkness. Yes. Mm, I wish I wish I'd you wish you paid wa- more attention. Wish you watched that. I actually don't know if I've seen Apocalypse Now. This is gonna. This is another absolute bombshell to just casually drop. But I did. I did a module at university called Media Representations of the Vietnam War, and I think we might have had to watch it for that. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. That. Casualties of War. Hamburg Hill. Not Hamburg Hill, actually. No. Mm. Um, it's good though. Um, uh, who did he? Uh, uh, oh. Good after, how are you? Everyone at home shouting in. Yeah, of course they are. I'm so sorry, guys. From actors from back then, you probably won't get it. I'll give you the answer. It's Harvey Keitel. Ugh. Um So here we go. Here's the next question. It's I'm going to give you the name of the film mm. in Spanish. Oh, and you tell me what the film was. <sighs> Last week was hilarious. Uh, Vaselina, which of course is Greece, but you've got this. <laughs> Los <laughs> Los Casa Fantasmas Los Casa Fantasmas What is Los Casa Fantasmas hmm. He's thinking I don't speak Spanish I should preface it with this when it, I mean that's been the, it, the problem is when you do these question rounds you have a lot of dead air what people <laughs> yeah. are talking Should you um, you could do like the countdown theme or just fill fill the gap because you know, here's Casa, that's like house, isn't it? Yeah, so that is a bit misleading. Oh. It's a phantasmas you want to concentrate on. Okay, I don't know what phantasmas is. Is it um, a spectre or a ghost? Is it ghost castle? Is that your final answer? Well, ghost. Mm, yeah, busters. Correct, Simon! Oh! Correct! That is brilliant work! Well done, Simon. I'm, I'm in the really- lead! You've got one point. I'm at the top of the podium. You almost got half. Uh, I mean, I'm going to give you half uh, Charlie shit. Oh, well, that's going to really. Sorry about that. In. Sorry. Right, it's um, the next one is. It's gone to my head. Guessing the ages of actresses. Oh my god. Who is older, Sissy Spasek or Meryl Streep? Very difficult. Very difficult. How much is there in it? Not much. Last week was Ed Harris and Sylvester Stallone. Crikey. You would you would think Ed Harris, wouldn't you? But So I'll say Stallone. Uh, you, you were right, Sylvester Stallone is five years older than... Whoa. Five years older than... Well, he's Stallone. ageing very well because Ed Harris is... Looked kind of... like a bull bag. Yeah, he does look a bit like a... Son. I know that feeling. Um, anyway, Sissy Spasek and Meryl Streep. I'm going to say... Who um, is older? I'm going to say... S- S- Spacek. 
Sissy, Spacek or Spasek, however you want to pronounce it. I'm going to pronounce it Spasek. I'm going to pronounce it Spasek because mm. it sounds... A little bit... Don't... Yeah, this is okay. really David, really, She was it? born on Christmas Day. Whoa! 1949. In... Uh, Meryl <laughs> Street was born June 22nd, 1949. She's older by well, six months. And I mean, okay. that is very, very close. difficult, I mean, isn't that, it? That's very... You could have picked ones that were further apart. Well, I just picked those two actresses, I thought, who were two old actresses. And they totally randomly. Actually, I picked two. I thought of Mel Streep and Pam Greer, and they were five days apart. What? Yeah. You should have set up some sort of uh, booth at a fate. Yeah. Film, um, film guy. Yeah. Film age guy. Film guy. Film age guy. Film, oh, film guy and cross it out and if right, film age film guy, age guy yeah. and then people go oh, I, I didn't want to go and see film guy I'll see a film age guy my stomach's really rumbling sorry listeners anyway keep on the Sissy Spasek film you've got one and a half points this is for two and a half Simon which of these films was released first okay these are going to be old films aren't they now? well Carrie yeah. or Halloween um so right. there's two years two years difference hmm um just, I'm, I'd love to sort of show my working on this, but it's just going to be guesswork. Um, I think. I, my gut says that Carrie came out first, so I'm gonna, not going to trust it, and I'm going to say Halloween came out first. Final answer? Yeah. Simon. Stupid gut. God, my, my gut's literally rumbling. Your gut's having a field day. Um. Carrie was released in the UK. It was released uh, on the 13th of January 1977. Mm-hmm. Halloween was released on the 25th of January, but in 1979. Oh! Carrie, so you've only got... Should have trusted my gut. Yeah. Mm, silly. Well, that's it. You got 1.5. It's very difficult. Very difficult. You did very well. I mean, the ones that were lined up, you could have got more points. And I would argue that that, cute, that quiz has skewed quite old. Yeah, well, that's life, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, uh, I, I hope. Well, I wonder what score you got at home. Let us know if, or let me know if you like these new rounds. You can write into dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. but you're not supposed to do that because that's old. You can do that, but go to filmfandango.co.uk and click on contact or something in there. And please, for heaven's sake, write me an email. Also, this podcast relies on your donations. I've just bought a new recorder and it will help to pay for that. <laughs> and you have to pay for my cinema ticket. Well, yeah. If you do, if, if you enjoy it, please donate. And all donations are very gratefully received. Thank you very much for anyone who has in the past. I think you're really nice people. Simon, have you got anything coming up or people can find you on Twitter and stuff like that? Yeah, just all, you know, come and have a look on all the socials, I suppose. Um, Instagram. Probably, I'm probably hammering Instagram the most these days. At Simon Fielder. Yeah, at Simon Fielder, spelled F-E-I-L-D-E-R. Um, I made a short film recently that I hope people will get to see at some point in the future, but I have no further information about Are when that might be. Are you going to on your YouTube channel? Don't know, actually. Depends. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Why not follow Simon on his YouTube, subscribe to Simon's YouTube channel, and also mine. Um, and if you've got anything coming up that people can see you in? I mean, this is not going to go out for a hundred years. Nah. You just probably come and see me do some stand-up if you like. All updates on my website. SimonFielder.com Correct. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you very much for, to Simon, or for Simon. Thank Th- you for Simon. Thanks on my behalf, yeah. Or should I say, Dick Dog. I'd rather you did. Thanks, Dick Dog.
keep watching, watching the, the films. films.